0: Hey, good morning Hope. Good morning. So, happy to be here with you today. Love this church, uh, love your staff team, love your pastors and elders so much. So, it's uh, truly an honor and a thrill for me to be here with you today. Uh, Before we get started, let's pray. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you that we can uh, gather together today, uh, both in person, online, right now, and God, that we can open up your word and we can we can trust and believe that you will accomplish all that you want to accomplish through your word by your spirit today. God, we thank you that all over the world today, your word is going out. People are being saved. Lives are being changed. The kingdom is being built. The church is being blessed. So God, we thank you. We thank you so much that, that you have included us as as part of the church, that we are your people. And here we are, Lord, expect it. And here we are wanting to hear from you. So would you speak directly into each heart today? Directly into each heart today. Would we leave here today, having worshiped you, having heard from you, and with an, with an urgency in our hearts to go live out what you tell us to do? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you've got your Bibles there, please go ahead and open them up to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 is where we'll be today. Ephesians 4, uh, 15. And as you turn, let me ask you, have you ever been in a situation uh, with someone that you love and you were literally pleading with them to do something that was for their own good? Maybe, maybe it was a friend or a family member or a child, and, and there you are, and you're literally pleading with them to do something that was in their best interest. Maybe it was something to do with their, their health or their well-being in some way, and there you are, and you're pleading with them, you're like, please, listen to me. Listen to me. Just do what I say. This is for your own good. Please hear me. Maybe you've been in that situation before, Because that's what's happening today in Ephesians chapter 4. But this time it's God and he's speaking to us through his word today saying, listen to me, listen to me for your good. Listen to me and do what I say. And today we're going to hear from the heart of our good and perfect father saying to us, this is what you need. This is the way my child walk in it. And to help us understand what God is saying to us in Ephesians chapter 4 today, God has given us an analogy. He's given us a picture, and here's the picture. It's a picture of a head and a body, where Jesus Christ is the head and we are the body. And the body is made up of all of these different parts, specially designed by God to do different things for the good of the body. And when each part is working properly, then the body is healthy. And the body thrives. And this is such a helpful analogy for us. I mean, consider it. In the human body, there are trillions of cells. There's 206 bones, over 600 muscles, and 78 internal organs. And when each part is working properly, it positively affects all of the other parts. When one part is working properly, it helps all of the parts to work properly. Properly. I mean, consider just, just the act of me taking a drink, right? Taking a drink of water. For that to take place, the, the bones in my arm need to remain stable. The muscles in my arm need to contract. The tendons in my hand have to work properly so I can grab hold of the glass and take a drink. And as I do that, my whole body gets hydrated. My whole body gets blessed by the activity of my arm. Likewise, when, when each part of the body of Christ is working properly, then each part will positively affect every other part, helping the whole body to be healthy and to thrive. Now that, of course, is the positive side. But there's also a negative side. So consider this analogy again of the human body. What if one part isn't working properly? Or what if several parts of a human body is not working properly, or what if many parts are not working properly, what will be the outcome for that body? Well, it won't be healthy, and it won't thrive. Likewise, when the parts of the body of Christ are not working properly, it affects the health of the whole body, and the body doesn't thrive as it should. So question... If you are here today and part of the body of Christ online and part of the body of Christ, here's the question. Are you working properly? Are you working properly? Is your life being used by God right now in this season we find ourselves in right now to bring health and blessing to the body of Christ? Or truth be told, Are you currently sitting on the sidelines? Because if you are in the body of Christ, here's the truth. You, you specifically, you have tremendous potential in Christ, not in yourself, in Christ to be powerfully used right now in this season to produce a ripple effect of blessing throughout the body of Christ. Let me say that again. You you have tremendous potential in Christ to be powerfully used right now, like right now in this season, in this season of lockdown, to produce a ripple effect of blessing throughout the body of Christ. Here's what I mean up on the screen. Consider for a moment a body of water. Now, what happens in a body of water when there's a sudden surge of activity? What happens? Well, what happens is it produces a ripple effect. Waves that extend outward in every direction far and wide. And so it is in the body of Christ. When one part is working properly, it sends a ripple effect of blessing throughout the body. A domino effect, a chain reaction reaching far and wide as one life influences another life that influences another life that influences another Now imagine if that isn't just happening for one part of the body, but for many up on the screen. Imagine if the body of Christ looked like this, where every part is working properly, creating ripple effects of blessing everywhere, from all sides, all throughout the body of Christ. Imagine if this was Hope Mississauga. Well, listen. In many ways, it is. Praise God. Praise God. But by God's grace, it can be all the more. Amen? It can be all the more. So here's the truth. In, in, in this season, if you and I are going to be used to send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ, then here's the first thing that needs to happen. You and I need to keep growing. We need to keep growing. And this is point number one, that if we are going to be used to send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ, every part of the body needs to keep growing. Here's the question. Am I growing? Am I growing? Have a look with me now at verse 15. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Paul says this. He starts off, rather, and we'll stop there. Because by saying rather, Paul is referring to what he has already said in chapter 4. So let's back up a little bit further, all the way back to verse 11, so we can read verse 15 in its context. So look at verse 11. Paul says this, And he, referring to God, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that, notice, we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So here's what Paul is saying. He's saying that all of us, all of us together in the body must continue to grow up so that we are no longer spiritual children. Because if we remain spiritual children, we will be easily deceived by lies and carried away into very, very dangerous places. Because here's the truth. Whether we know it or not, every single day, we are living under a constant barrage of lies lies from the sin within us, lies from the world around us, lies from the demonic, lies from false teachers. And what are they lying about? Everything! Literally everything lies about God, lies about us, lies about other people, lies about our circumstances. It's coming at us from every side, every day, like waves of arrows. And if we're not careful if we're not holding up the shield of faith, if we're forgetful of what God has to say to us in his word, then those lies can very easily enter into the heart and we can be carried away into very dangerous places. And so what does that look like when lies enter the heart? Well, it looks like this up on the screen. When lies enter the heart about God, lies like God doesn't care about you, or God isn't good, or God is far away, or God doesn't love you, or God is not enough can lead us to a place of confusion, anxiety, anger, despair. A very dangerous place for us to be. Or how about this up on the screen? When lies enter the heart about about ourselves, about who we are in Christ. Lies like you're just a loser or, or you're not good enough or you are somehow unacceptable or you don't have any purpose. Which can lead us so deep into shame. And insecurity and fear and just feeling like giving up. A very dangerous place for us to be. Or how about this up on the screen? When lies enter the heart about other people. Lies like other people, they just think I'm such a loser. They just think I'm a joke. Nobody thinks I matter. It can lead us to further isolation and anxiety and anger and despair. A very, very dangerous place for us to be. Or how about this? Up on the screen, when when lies enter the heart about our circumstances. Lies like, God isn't sovereign. My circumstances are totally out of control. They're too hard. It's impossible. Which can lead us to anger, confusion, feelings of being trapped, despair. Again, a very, very dangerous place for us to be. This is what happens when lies enter into the heart. Lies from sin. Lies from the world. Lies from the demonic. But also this lies from false teachers, false teachers who twist the scriptures and, and, and they're preaching false gospels of prosperity, leading people away from the truth and away from the Bible and away from the truth of who God is and away from the truth of what God has done and away from the truth of what God has promised and away from the truth about what God has commanded and away from any foundation on which to stand. A very dangerous place to be. But because God loves us so much and because God is so passionate for his glory, he has made a way for us to escape the grip of all deception. Here it is right here in verse 15. Look what Paul says. Rather, speaking the truth. This is God's plan for you and I to fight against the lies of sin and the lies of the world and the lies of the demonic and lies of false teachers. It's you and I speaking the truth to each other. And speaking the truth here doesn't mean say the hard thing. Sometimes when we use that phrase, I got to speak the truth, what we mean is I got to say the hard thing. And sometimes we do need to say the hard thing, but that's not what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians chapter 4. When Paul says speaking the truth, what he means is speaking the truth of the Bible. Speaking the truth of the word of God, and we are to speak it to one another. We can think of it like this up on the screen. We need to speak the truth of the four W's. The four W's. We need to speak the truth about about who God is. We need to speak that to each other. We need to speak the truth about what God has done We need to say that to each other. We need to speak the truth about what God has promised. We need to speak the promises of God to one another. We need to speak the truth about what God has commanded. We need to say that to one another. This is what it looks like to speak the truth. We need to speak to one another the truths of God's word. And so here's a question. How do we become people like that? How do we become people who are speaking the truth to each other? Well, there's only one way. If we're going to speak the truth, we first need to be filled with the truth. Because when our hearts are filled with the truth, that's when we speak the truth. You can think of it like this. If you take a sponge and you put it into a sink of soapy water and you, it's saturated and you lift it up and it's dripping everywhere, it drips all over the counter, drips all over you, drips all over the floor, makes a huge mess. Likewise, likewise, you take, you take your heart and you submerge it into the word of God and your heart gets saturated with the word of God and it fills up and it fills up and eventually it's going to come out of your mouth. The, the, the heart that is filled with the truth will be the heart that is proclaiming the truth. We can't help it. And this is what Paul longs to see in the Ephesian church, that they would be a people who are filled with the truth and therefore are speaking the truth to each other. And this is why Paul begins his letter to the Ephesians with a whole ocean of gospel truth intended to fill up their hearts so that they are a people who speak the truth to each other. Here's a sample of that up on the screen from Ephesians chapter one and two. first. Paul says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every possible way that you could be blessed spiritually. God has done that. Maybe you're thinking, well, what does that mean exactly? Well, it like, looks like the rest of this list. How about this? God chose us before he created the world. Before God created anything, he chose you. He chose that you would be his. How about this? God ordained that we would be holy and blameless before him. No one is entering into the presence of God unless they are holy and blameless. But we're sinful. And so what has God done? He has sent his son into the world to live the perfect life we could never live so that his perfect obedience could be credited to our account as though we did it. He sent his son into the world to die on the cross to make full and complete atonement for our sin so that God can see us in Jesus Christ just as though we've never sinned and just as though we are perfectly righteous and obedient, praise God. He has ordained that we would be holy and blameless before him through his son. Also this, God has predestined us for adoption. Not only has he chosen you, but he has adopted you into his family. You are his child. You are his son or his daughter adopted into his heavenly royal family. You are heavenly royalty. He has redeemed us. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, he has purchased us out of slavery. He's broken the back of sin over our lives. He has forgiven us for all of our sin, past, present, future, all of our sin for our whole lives, totally forgiven because of the suffering of Jesus Christ on the cross. He has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. You have the third person of the Trinity living in you. God is in you as a deposit for what is to come in eternity. He has chosen to love you perfectly the way that God loves God. God loves God perfectly. God has loved you with that same love. He loves you perfectly in this. God has promised to show us the immeasurable riches of his grace for all of eternity. The moment we step into glory, we will see this immeasurable riches of his grace that will make our greatest moment of worship in this life look like a drop in the ocean. When our hearts are filled with this truth, we speak the truth. We can't help it. We can't help it. When our hearts are filled with this truth, we speak the truth to each other. But notice this, because there's more. There's more. We are to do more than just speak the truth. Have a look back at verse 15. Paul says, rather speaking the truth, notice, in love. God's plan for us is not that we just speak the truth, but rather that we speak the truth in love. So, what does that mean? How do we speak the truth in love? What does that mean? Well, it means this it means we speak the truth of the Bible for the right reasons. It means we speak the truth of the Bible with right motives. It means means we speak the truth of the Bible not to try to look smart, not to try to appear super spiritual, but rather we speak the truth of the Bible so that others might be strengthened in their faith, grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, and become more and more like him in character, I'm going to say that two more times. Speaking the truth in love means that we speak the truth of the Bible so that others might be strengthened in their faith, grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, and become more and more like him in character. Speaking the truth in love means that we're speaking the truth of the Bible to one another so that, so that others might be strengthened in their faith. Grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ and become more and more like him in character. This is what it means to speak the truth in love. Now, why is it so important that we do this? Why is it so important that we speak the truth in love to one another? Here's why because there is nothing more important than growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ and becoming more and more like him. Nothing, nothing even comes close. There's nothing more important than for all of us to be, to be abiding in him and to be walking with him and to be a people who are studying his word and loving him and treasuring him and worshiping him. This is the most important thing by far. Nothing even comes close. Nothing is more important than growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ and becoming more and more like him. Nothing. Nothing. Therefore, therefore, we must speak the truth in love to one another. We must. So that we all might be strengthened in our faith and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ and become more and more like him in character. Because here's the truth. You and I, have not been designed to grow in our relationship with Christ in isolation apart from the body. That's not God's design. God's design is that we grow in relationship with Jesus Christ through the help of the body, by speaking the truth in love to one another. As Paul Tripp puts it, our walk with God is a community project. Our walk with God is a community project. By God's design, we grow best and we grow most in community as we speak the truth in love to one another. Because as we do that, God grows us up in every single way. He grows us up in every single way. Look back at verse 15. Paul says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way. And so what does that look like, to be growing up in every way? Well, he tells us right there in verse 15, look what he says next. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way, notice, into him who is the head, into Christ. Therefore, as we speak the truth and love to one another, God uses that. He uses it to grow us up so that more and more our character reflects the character of Jesus Christ. Because think about it. As we grow up, we begin to take on the family resemblance, don't we? Any child who is growing up will slowly begin to take on the family resemblance. We slowly start to look like our family members. For better, for worse. It's just true, right? And so people will approach girls and say, look at you, you look so much like aunt so-and-so. And then, then they'll approach boys and say, oh, you look so much like grandpa so-and-so. And then children cringe, right? They're like, I don't want to look like aunt so-and-so. Are you serious? It just happens though. As we grow up, we start to take on the family resemblance. Likewise, when we speak the truth and love to one another, God uses that to grow us up spiritually so that we begin to take on the family resemblance of the character of Christ, which looks like growing in love for God and growing in love for one another and growing in patience and gentleness and peace. And how about this? Joy. Joy. Growing in joy. This is what happens as we speak the truth in love to one another. God uses it to grow us up so that our character more and more resembles the character of Jesus Christ. And because this is so very important for each one of us, every one of us, it's vital because this is so important. Here's a question. How do we do this well? Like all of us are supposed to be doing this. How do we do this well? Because surely it's more than just kind of walking up to someone and opening up the Bible to any random verse and just reading it. Like surely it's more than that. So how do we do this well? How do we speak the truth in love with skill in a way that's applicable to someone's life and their situation? Well, consider what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 up on the screen. Look what he says. He says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idol Encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. So notice Paul here doesn't have a cookie-cutter approach, one-size-fits-all, to people. He talks about three different groups here. He says there's idle people, and they need to be admonished with the word. And then there's faint-hearted people. They need to be encouraged with the word. Then there's weak people. They need to be helped with the word, and they need to be helped in general, he says. And all of this is going to require massive amounts of patience. In other words, it's going to require for us to do some listening. It's going to require that we sit with people and we, we hear people and we are patient with people as they, as they pour out their, their life circumstances to us. And we need to then discern what truth from God's word, best fits this occasion. Therefore, our guiding principle in speaking the truth in love is this. It's Ephesians 4.29 up on the screen. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, notice, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So growing in speaking the truth in love means growing in speaking the truth in a way that fits the occasion, which requires listening to people, which requires seeking to discern. So what truth from God's word is most applicable to this person's situation right now? Is it a truth about who God is? Is it a truth about what God has done? Is it a truth about what God has promised? Is it a truth about what God has commanded? What truth best fits this occasion with this person at this time? And listen, listen, no one is perfect at this. None of us are perfect at this. And yet this is supposed to be happening everywhere in the church. This is supposed to be happening in marriages and in parenting and in friendships and in groups. This is supposed to be happening everywhere in the church because this is God's plan for our growth. It's for, it's for you and I to be speaking the truth and love to one another so that we are strengthened in our faith and grow in our relationship with Christ and become more and more like him in character. This is God's plan for our growth. So what do we do then? What do we, what do, we do in the moment where we're sitting with that person? They're literally pouring out their heart to us and, and we're seeking to discern, okay, well, I don't even know what to say right now. What do I do? Here's what we do. We pray. We pray. We pray. We stop and we say, you know what? Let's, let's, let's just pray right now because, because God has made us an incredible promise. He's promised that when we lack wisdom, he will give us wisdom. James chapter one up on the screen. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. So there we are in that situation. The person's pouring out their heart. We're like, Lord, help me to know, help me know what to say right now. I want to speak the truth in love. Maybe that's a time to just say, hey, you know what? Let's stop. Let's just pray. Let's just pray right now. And pray for wisdom. Believing that God will for sure, Keep his word and he will for sure give wisdom. And guess what? He does. He does. And Proverbs 13 up on the screen happens. Proverbs 13 says, the teaching of the wise. We don't have wisdom. God does. We need it from him. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. This is what happens as we speak the truth and love to one another. We are rescued from terribly dangerous places and we grow up in every way. Now imagine being part of a group where this is happening. Imagine being part of a group where everyone is growing and speaking the truth and love to one another in a way that fits the occasion. Now that is an exciting place to be. That's where massive life change and massive transformation will be taking place. And listen, this is God's plan for for me and it's God's plan for you. So we have two options. Here's the first one. We can choose to avoid community. We can choose to put ourselves in a situation where we're not sharing what's going on in our hearts and lives and we're not giving anyone the opportunity to speak the truth and love to us and we're not listening to what's going on in other people's lives and we're not speaking the truth and love to them and by doing that, we can turn away from God's plan for our growth and we can make ourselves increasingly vulnerable to the lies of sin and the lies of the world and the lies of the demonic and lies from false teachers and we can increase our chances of being carried off into very dangerous places. We can do that. That's one option. That is a terrible option. Or, or we can do this, which is option number two. We can embrace God's plan for our growth. And, and we, we can be with the body of Christ. And we can place ourselves in a situation where we're sharing what's going on in our lives and people are speaking the truth and love to us and people are sharing what's going on in their lives and we're speaking the truth and love to them so that we can all be strengthened in our faith and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ and become more and more like him in character together. These are the two options. And listen, the second one is awesome. Question. Are you in a group Right now. Are you in a group right now? Because if not, listen, you can be. All you need to do is go here up on the screen to the first step course right here at Hope Mississauga. All you need to do is go online and register for this course. And and listen to this, listen. It's happening today at 2 o'clock. Two o'clock, you can take this first step. All you need to do is go online and register and show up, and you can take the first step to be part of a group, to be with the people of God, to be with the body of Christ. Now is the time to go online. Seriously, now, to, to sign up so that you can be with the people of God, growing together, whether it's in a small group or men's group or women's group or youth group or young adults. Now is the time to be with the body of Christ. Like, like, seriously, with all that's going on, we need to be with the people of God. Amen? And right now, that might look like meeting online. But I assure you, I assure you, meeting online is no obstacle for the Holy Spirit. Zoom is not an obstacle for God. Amen? Zoom is no obstacle for God. Now is the time to be with the people of God. If our lives are going to be used to produce a ripple effect of blessing across the body of Christ, each part of the body needs to keep advancing, needs to keep growing. And we do that together by speaking the truth in love. And not only that, but our second and final point is this. If our lives, our lives Today, together, if our lives are going to be used to produce a ripple effect of blessing across the body of Christ, then every part of the body needs to keep working. Question, am I working properly? Am I working properly? Have a look again at verse 15 so that we can read verse 16 in its context. Verse 15, Rather, speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Notice, when each part is working properly. In other words, Jesus Christ has made and placed each part of the body exactly where he wants it to be and is now calling us and commanding us to work properly. So what does it mean then for each one of us in the body of Christ to be working properly? Well, have a look back at verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Look what Paul says. He says, but grace, do you see that grace? But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, if you are in Jesus Christ, then the moment you were saved, God gave you a spiritual gift. Every single part of the body of Christ has been given at least one spiritual gift that is to be used to serve and to bless the body of Christ. And maybe you're thinking, well, what do you mean by spiritual gifts? Well, here's what I mean up on the screen from Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, the gift of prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, tongues, helping, administrating. These are some of the gifts that are outlined in the New Testament. Now, why has God given these gifts to his church? First Peter 4 up on the screen. Notice this. As each has received a gift, you and me, as we've received a gift, use it. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So, as parts of the body of Christ, we've been each given different gifts to be used to serve the body of Christ. So, maybe thinking, "Well, how do I figure out what my gifts are?" Well, here's one way to find out, and maybe the best way: just start serving. Just start serving. Because as you start serving other people, what will happen is you will begin to operate naturally within your gift set. You will begin to naturally operate within your gifts. And when the body sees gifts, then the body affirms gifts. As you step out and you begin to serve other people, you will begin to naturally operate within your gifts. And when the body sees gifts, then the body affirms gifts. So people will come up to you and they'll begin to say things to you like, hey, hey, um, I really think you've got the gift of service. Or has anyone ever told you that you've got the gift of teaching? Or, or I really think you've got the gift of generosity. Or I, I, really, I really see like the gift of leadership in you. Or I think you've got the gift of mercy. Or, or maybe you've got the gift of administration. And when enough people say the same thing to you over and over again in the church, there's a very good chance that is your spiritual gift because again, when the body sees gifting, the body affirms gifting. So it's not so much about trying really hard to figure out what my gift is so that I can begin serving. It's about beginning to serve so I can figure out what my gift is and then exercise my gift. So if we want to discover our gifts, we have to begin serving others in community. And maybe you think, okay, well, How do we do that right now? Like with everything going on, like, how do we, how do we do that? And I think that's a really good question because if you're anything like me, it feels like for the last year, you know, all I've heard is like, we can't go here. We can't go here. We can't do this. We can't do that. And and it's easy for our mindset to start to become all the things we can't do. But in the body of Christ, our mindset has to be on what we can do. Our mindset has to be on what we must do. So what can we do? Here's what we can do. We can join a group. We can join a group where people are sharing what's going on in their lives and listening to one another and speaking the truth in love so that we can all be strengthened in our faith and grow in our relationship with Christ and become more and more like him in character. We can do that. And within that group, we can do this. We can serve one another. We can care for one another. We can help each other. We can look to meet needs. We can be the body of Christ to one another. This is what it looks like to be working properly. We can think of it like this up on the screen. That first, it's about understanding who we are. We have to understand who we are. That that you as as a Christ follower, you are united to Jesus Christ. And you are part of the body of Christ. That's who you are. You are united to Christ and you are part of the body of Christ. Therefore, because that's true, this is what we're being called and commanded to do. We're being called to speak the truth in love so that others might be strengthened in their faith, grow in their relationship with Christ, and become more and more like him in character. We're being commanded to do that today. To speak the truth in love, but also to serve the body to serve the body and to exercise our gifts. In light of who we are in Christ, as worship, empowered by the Spirit, this is what we're being commanded and called to do, to speak the truth and love to one another and to serve the body. This is what it looks like to work properly. So ask yourself, in this season, in this season, have you been working properly? Have you been speaking the truth in love and serving the body? Because as each one of us works properly, God causes amazing supernatural things to happen. Look again at verse 16. When each part of the body is working properly, notice, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So consider this. As you and I, as we work properly by speaking the truth in love to one another and serving one another and exercising gifts, God will use our lives to send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ that cause the body to grow and to build itself up in love. This is true for all of us today. As you work properly, as I work properly by speaking the truth in love and serving one another and exercising our gifts, God will use our lives to send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ that cause the body to grow and build itself up in love. This, this is God's plan for our growth. This is why your life and your ministry matters so much to this church right now. Right now. You are not here by accident. God has saved you. He has placed you in the body of Christ. He has gifted you with a spiritual gift. And now he wants to use you. He wants to use your life to literally send ripple effects of blessing throughout this church that causes the body to grow and to build itself up in love. Together, together, our lives look more and more like this up on the screen. This is how God wants to use our lives right now. This is how God wants to use your life right now. And listen, listen. We have no idea how God might use each one of us. No idea. This week, this coming week, you could have a conversation with someone over Zoom that God uses to so radically change the direction of someone's life that it could literally lead to life change that that spans over generations. We don't know. We don't know how God might use even a single conversation, but we do know this. That God's plan for building up his church, his church in love, is each one of us working properly, speaking the truth in love, serving the body, exercising gifts. This is God's plan. This is what he's calling us to do now more than ever. Right now, more than ever, for our good, for the good of his church, for the advancement of his kingdom in the world, and ultimately for his glory. So Holy Spirit, please impress this upon our hearts. Holy Spirit, please fill us. Holy Spirit, please lead us, each one of us individually, lead us. And Holy Spirit, please cause us, each one of us, to have such an urgency to work properly as worship, as worship. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for the cross. Because apart from the cross, there's only wrath for all of us. But because of your great love, because of your great mercy, because of your grace, you chose us from before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before you by sending your son. And so here we are, recipients of grace, recipients of of salvation with the spirit of God now in us. And in light of your love, in light of your grace, God, we want to worship you. We want to pour out our lives for you and for your glory. Here we are. Here we are. Please do a supernatural work in us so that we see the urgency of community, the urgency of, of, of speaking the truth and love to one another and serving the body again as worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen.